Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. It's probably one of your least favorite topics. But it's one of my favorite topics. But it is a topic that we just don't do well as people. We just don't. We run from it. We hide from it. We avoid it. We don't want to talk about it. Right? If you knew we were going to talk about this today, you probably wouldn't have been here. (laughs) So I need to take a week off. But we can master this topic. We can't. There is a such thing of mastering conflict. The only way to master it, right, is to deal with it. (laughs) I love it. Like, you have to face it head on in order to get better at it. So we're going to deal with a little conflict today. See, the day you were born, you were born into conflict. The enemy knew who you were going to become. So he's been after you since day one. So you had conflict from the day you were born. Right? That's why you're probably feeling like you're always up against something, right? A a barrier or or things like that. So because the enemy is after you, if you are a threat, if you are a child of God, gifted and anointed, you got some conflict. (laughs) And it starts with the enemy. So we're going to talk a little bit about conflict. But I first want us all to get on the same page, right? All to get on the same page. God values relationships. We ought to know that. God values relationships more than he values anything else. Are we clear on that? Yes. Right? Because what's the first, right? What's the first commandment? Love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, everything. Love God with everything, right? So that's talking about your your relationship with him. And then what's the second commandment? Love your neighbors as you love yourself. She's talking about relationships. So the first two commandments right, proves that God values relationships more than he values anything else. Are we good so far? Are we all on the same page? So what God can do for you would would depend on how you treat people. So whatever... So whatever he can do for you would depend on how you treat people because he values people the most. It's mind-boggling when I hear Christians say that I don't like people. (laughs) I'm still trying to understand that. Like, I hear people say that all the time. I don't like 
people. But God loves people. And we serve God. So there is a conflict. There there is is a conflict. Right? Because I don't know what you're serving. But God values people more than he values anything else. He values relationships more, he, more than he values anything else. So when we say we don't like people, we are in the wrong business. We are in the wrong business. Amen? So if you can't deal with people, that means you cannot handle what God values most. So can God trust you with people? Can he trust? It would depend on what he can do for you. Can he trust you with people? Are you with me so far? See, God will go out of his way to repair relationships. So if you have an issue right now, he will give you wisdom to how to handle relationships. He will go out of his way to repair relationships because he puts relationships first so it's okay that you have conflict it's okay that you have conflict with your brother with your sister right he will go out of his way to give you wisdom of how to handle it conflict would make us better if we put God first A lot of times we have problems with conflict because God is not in the midst of the conflict. So if you try to do it alone, that's pretty bad. Like he wants to be in the midst of it. Like he wants to be all up in your business. Right? Because he's in the business of people. He loves relationships, right? So he wants to be in the midst of every. That's why he loves marriage. He designed marriage. But it's not just marriage, it's church relationships, co-workers and family relationships. And he's in all of that. So when you're having conflict, can you please invite him to the conflict? Because he'll give you wisdom on how to handle it. Because he's watching. (laughs) He's watching us, right, of how we speak to people. Right? This is what I want this church to be like. When it comes to relationship, I want this church to be this way. Right? Number one, be kind. Be kind, seek peace, and let God have his way. When you think about relationships, I want this church to be kind to one another. Not some Sundays. Every Sunday, if you're feeling some kind of way, it's okay. Maybe you're experiencing some conflict. Have someone pray for you. Seek peace. Anytime that you have a conflict, seek peace. The Bible says we ought to be peacemakers. So anytime that you have a conflict, seek peace. It's like, oh, how am I going to get peace out of this? You, you know, how am I going to lift this person up, 
right? If, when I have to sit down and we have to talk about some things, I want to seek peace. That's my motive. My motive is to seek peace. Amen. And then let God have his way. That's humility. Let God have his way. Be kind. Seek peace. Let God have his way. That's what I want this church to be like. Right? So let's not run from conflict. Are we good so far? Yes. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's all right. We're going to get better. So what is conflict? Let's talk about that. What is conflict? So you, I think you have some sheets there. So what is conflict? The difference that affects one side or both sides of a situation or issue. So it's the difference that affects one side or both sides of a situation or issue. See, see the difference is in our values, goals, priorities, opinions, expectations, and interests and gifts. See, sometimes those, those things, these things become barriers, right? They get in the way of resolving conflict, our values, right? Our opinions, sometimes our experience, our past experience usually gets in the way of resolving conflict. But we must ask ourselves this question. Is it a difference that makes a difference? Right? Is this, so if, when you talk about your opinions or expectations or priorities, is, that, is this that important to me? Is it that important to me? Is it worth ruining a relationship. Because I know we, some, some values, right, we just cannot compromise, right? We can't just allow people to walk all over us and things like that. But sometimes some, some of our values and our, our interests and in, 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 um, um, uh, uh, interests and uh, priorities and opinions get in the way yeah. of our conflict or resolving conflict. So we have to stop for a moment and ask ourselves, is this that important to me? So if you can eliminate the difference, you can eliminate the conflict. Right? If you can eliminate the difference, you can eliminate the conflicts because a lot of times what, what we hold on to or what we, what we think that we're right about or things like that get in the way of resolving a conflict. So you have to think about like what is preventing me to resolve this conflict? If you can eliminate that, right? If you can eliminate your behavior response to the conflict, you can resolve the conflict. So a lot of times our experiences, we create roadblocks, right? We don't really hear the other people's, the other person's perspective, right? So it becomes a roadblock. So we have a hard time resolving conflict. Are you with me? Come on, we're, we're just going to start heating up now. We're going to start heating up, right? So you have to ask yourself, do my desires and values impact people negative, negatively, right? 
So we have to ask ourselves, do my desires and values impact people negatively? How do you know that your, your, your values and, and uh, desires impact people negatively? Well, it's when it, do when it doesn't align with God's word. When it doesn't line up with God's word, you know that it becomes a, a barrier, right? If you continuously hurt people, it doesn't line up. It's, it's, it doesn't line up with God's word. Come on, are you with me? So how do we resolve? How do we resolve conflict? How do we do it? Well, first, we have to identify your conflict style and your behavior response to the conflict. What is your conflict style? Like, what do you bring to the table every time you have a conflict? What's your style? So we have a little chart here, right? I love this chart. I think you have it as well. So we, there's a different, different kind of uh, 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 conflict styles, right? Right? Uh, so one, one of them, I got to get a little close. You know, <laughs> don't judge me. Uh, so di directing, right? So that could, that's a particular style. It's focused on your own agenda. That's like high. That's like high priority to you. When you focus on your own agenda, right? And focus on the relationship is kind of low, right? It's kind of low. It's a I win, you lose. So that's not really good, right? Directing, directing style. And then you have the, um, um, the style of avoiding, right? Which we're going to talk a little bit more about, about that. But, let's, but look at compromising. Some, some people think that compromising is a really good, a, a good um, a solution. It can be short term. Yeah. Compromising can be short, short term as long as you continue to come up with a better plan, right? But, but um, compromising, you focus on your own agenda, it's kind of half, everything is halfway. Then you focus on the relationship. Everything is kind of, kind of half, halfway, right? I win, I win some, you win some, yeah. right? I don't want to win some. I want us to win together, right? Right? I'll meet you halfway. Let's make a deal, right? You can all, I mean, you, I mean, you can't make, a, you can't do that. That can't be a part of your life forever, right? So at some point, you have to come up with a better solution. Right and harmonizing—that's a—that's a really uh, can be a, a really dangerous style as well. When you focus on your own agenda, that's kind of low. Then you focus on your relationship, that's that's kind of that's kind of high. You, I lose, you win. I lose, you win. Who wants to be in a relationship like that, right? I lose, you you win. So you're you know you're harmonizing. You just like I'm, I just need to keep the peace. <laughs> I need to keep, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. It's like, you know, so I, I'm just going to keep the peace. I'm just going to, I'm going to do all the sacrificing. Right? I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep the, I'm going to keep the peace. But then you have the cooperating, right? Can you imagine if we all just cooperate in relationships, right? Look, look what we get. We focus on our own agenda, high. Focus on our, on our relationship, high. I win, you win. I win, you win. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Yes. 
right? So, so cooperating, so we, we're both cooperating, right, to, to, to meet a certain goal, to come up with the, the right solution for this relationship. It's not just romantic relationships, it's, it's family relationships, co-workers, and, and things like that, right? So two particular conflict styles I want to focus on a little bit more is avoiding. So it's avoiding, and it's a type of behavior where we, when we um, um, get into a conflict, we avoid it. We avoid it. This is when people just ignore or withdraw the conflict. This is when you simply avoid the issue, right? And we're just not helping anything. We're not even helping the other person when we avoid conflict. It's like we're stealing their breakthrough as well. Right, when we avoid it all together, right? Because this, this method, we, um, when the discomfort of confrontation exceeds the potential reward of resolution of the conflict, right? I, I'll say it again. The, this method, when, when the discomfort of confrontation exceeds the potential reward of resolution of the conflict, right? See, conflict, right? should be used as a growth development, right? It's a, it's a teachable moment for us. Like God wants to show us something during this conflict, right? So what it does, it gives us a good picture of where we are spiritually. When we're faced with a conflict, it gives us a good picture of where we are spiritually. So if you continue with the same behavior as you did in the past, then you know that you have some growing to do. It's a great indication of where you are spiritually, right? What's really in you, trust me, will come out when you have conflict. Have you ever been involved in a conflict and you said things that you didn't know you were holding on to? It's like, whoa, and it wasn't spiritual, so let's keep it real. Run spiritual. Like you said things that you didn't know that you, like I didn't even know I had that in me. It's like when someone really gets you upset and you just say, da, 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 da. You can interpret that in the way that you want to. Right, the stuff just comes out. It's like I didn't know that I had that in me. Right, it will bring conflict, will bring either the worst out of you or the best. Right? So the worst is the thing that God wants to get a hold of. Right? So we try to avoid it. We try to avoid it and we think that we're keeping the peace, but you're actually stealing breakthrough from yourself and from the other person. You're denying spiritual growth. You're denying yourself spiritual growth. Look at conflict as an opportunity to love someone more. It's an opportunity to, to be understood. Right? It's an opportunity to understand a person better, to get to know a person better. But we like to avoid conflict. I grew up in, in, a, in a family where all you heard people yelling and screaming. They never sat down and actually talked about the issue. Right? 
So the behavior response is this and that, just all, all this arguing. For what? You couldn't figure out, you couldn't decipher actually what they were saying. Like, what is really the problem? Because I couldn't read between the yelling. And no one came up with the solution. But once the yelling was over, right, the conversation was over. We walk, walk away with no solution. But you hold on to that. You hold on to it. Every confrontation, every confrontation, right, you will, you will hold on if it's not done properly. You will hold on to it. You will remember that. You will remember when you were in a confrontation and it didn't go well, you will, you will remember that. Right? So we need to come up with a solution. Don't avoid, uh, come up with a resolution. Don't, come, don't avoid conflict. God doesn't want us to avoid conflict. Right? So another particular um, conflict style, which is not up here, but it's kind of connected to directing, is competing. Wow. Competing is used when, by people who go into a conflict planning to win. And it never go over well. Planning to win, right? They are assertive and not cooperative. Because their goal in this mission is just to win. Have you ever gotten into a, 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 you know, a, a conversation or, or disagreement with someone and you sit down and just like, you feel like, like this is a sport, wow. right? Because in sport, right, competition is health. That's healthy competition but not in the argument, right? You feel like you're in a sport, like you know this person is trying to win. They're trying to one-up you every single time. Like they just want to be right, right? So they don't put the relationship first. They want to they win first, right? So it's, that's tough when you're talking to someone and all they want to do it's, it's just win and just win and just win. It's very hard to speak to someone in that, that way, right? So when they have that mentality, it's like, oh, I'm going to win with, with, you know, with every means necessary, right? It doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? So if you feel the need of hold, hold up, you feel the need to hold something back from someone it may be that you are trying to compete with them with a version of yourself rather than being comfortable being the real you. So something about when someone is competing in a relationship and when, it, when the conflict, it's, it's like, like they don't really know who they are yeah. at times. It's like, what are you competing for? What are you competing about? It's usually some underlining issue that's going on with that person, right? There's a lot of times we see people compete in church, right? We compete for seats, <laughs> right? But there, when there's disagreements over an issue, you know, people compete want, wanting to be right. I see a lot of competing with gifts, 
right? My gifts are better than yours. <laughs> my gifts are better than yours. No, my gifts are better than yours. When we have a disagreement, we say, well, God told me this. Well, no, well, God told me this. Well, God told me this. All along, it could be a person in the seat right next to you just need a touch from Jesus. Yeah. But we're over here. My gifts are better than yours. My gifts are better than yours. And this person is just struggling. They just need one touch. They came to church just to get some hope. They came to church to get some breakthrough. They just need a touch of Jesus. But we got we got disciples or we have Christians on the side competing who gifts are, are better. And this person is just struggling, waiting for the word from God. And we miss that opportunity to touch them. Competing. When we compete with one another, everybody loses. You never come out a winner. When you are in a romantic relationship, if you compete with your spouse, you, 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 won't, you both lose. Because it doesn't elevate the relationship. Because if I elevate and, and she stays down here, what, what does that look like? It doesn't glorify God. So our purpose is to glorify God in every relationship. Remember, he values relationships more than he values anything else. So we are responsible to value every relationship that God gives us. Every relationship we must value. That means we need to win together. Win together. I don't want anyone in this church to lose. Right? If you have a conflict, I don't want anyone here to lose. I want us to win together. So no competing in church. Okay, so now I'm going to give you three relational keys on how to resolve conflict. You ready? So the first one, the first one, this is important. So when we are in a conflict, right, we have a conflict with someone, the first thing we ought to do is this. Put off pride and put on humility. Put off pride and put on humility. And our foundational uh, um, text for this uh, series is out of Ephesians 4. It says to put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true rightness, righteousness and holiness. So when it comes to dealing with conflict, you must put off your old self and put on the new person that was created by God. Put off the old person. So we put off pride and we put on humility. See, pride makes conflict difficult. Yeah. It does. It does. Pride stops us from going to the person we ought to go to. 
That's why we avoid it, because it's pride, right? We won't go and speak to them. We won't go and make it right, because that's pride that's stopping us, right? So you have to ask yourself, do you respond to the conflict the same way you used to respond to it? It's pride, right? It just makes it difficult. So remember, I preached a message before talking about pride is your throne that you sit on. But humility is the throne of God. So pride is is your throne that you sit on, right? So let's, so how much does God, check out how much God loves humility and hates pride. I love this scripture. I love it. And every time I read it, I get convicted all over again. But it was one of my favorite scriptures is one that I absolutely live by. James 4, 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, okay, where's my scripture? Okay. Uh, But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. See, during a conflict, a prideful heart is self-consumed and cannot see beyond its thoughts, opinions, perspective, and pain, and feelings, and needs. You can't see beyond yourself when you have a prideful heart. What's that little bug that has a shell, when you touch it, it rolls over into its shell? Rolling what? Holy, roly, holy? Poly, roly, poly. Roly, poly. So some people have a roly, poly mentality, right? Right, because what happens is once you get into a conflict, you roll into your shell. And then if you roll into your shell, you can't look beyond yourself, that shell that you're in. You can't look beyond your needs or or anything else. It's all about you. It's like a protective shell. So we get into that protective shell, right? We get we have that roly poly mentality. Roly poly. Everybody say roly poly. No, that's not good. Don't be roly-poly. <laughs> right? So we get into that protective shell, right? And we can't see beyond ourselves, our pain, right? Our pain, our discomfort, our ex- bad experiences. We can't look be- be- beyond that. Because we have that roly-poly spirit. (laughs) So this is what humility looks like during the conflict. This is what humility looks like. I focus on you. I give you my full attention. I am patient with you. I seek to understand you before being understood by you. (laughs) Is that not humility? I seek to understand you first before you understand me or or for me to be understood by you. Mm 
I listen with my eyes, ears, and open heart. It works, people. This works. I am telling you, put it to a test. It works. I listen with my eyes, ears, and an open heart. That's what humility looks like in a conflict. I assume the best about you. A lot of times we assume the worst of a person coming into a conflict, and that's the thing that leads us. I ask, here, here it is, here it is right here. We can go home after this. You ready? I ask God to change me instead of trying to change you. Because pride, a prideful heart is like, you need to change. <laughs> Sick of it. I don't like the way you talk. I don't like the way you act. You need to change. Anybody ever tell you that? You need to change. No, what about you? Get the speck out of your eye. Why are you all looking up in my eyes? Look, get the speck out of your eye. They all big and I mean, that's what you're looking at. Yeah. But that's humility when you when you're dealing with a conflict, right? And when you value the relationship first, you say, God, change my heart. I can't change. I cannot change your heart. I cannot change you, but I know God can change me. So if I know he can change me and he changes you, we all win. So God, do the work in me first. Help me see if you value relationships more than you value anything else. Help me see what you see. Don't put the conflict first. Put the relationship first. God, help me see what you see. That's humility. I don't want to just be right. I don't want to be right, God. I want to get it right. I want to get it right because I know you're watching. And I know you value this moment. Every moment... Every conflict that you're in, God values that. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to choose your words? We talked about communication, right? We talked about communication, the corrupt talk, right? In relationship, we have to guard against that when we're dealing with a conflict. It only tears a person down. It tears your relationship down. It doesn't lift it up. It doesn't elevate the relationship. And God's, God's watching us. He's watching you how you treat his people, Uh-oh. his children. Uh-oh. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't speak death over them. You speak life over them. So we like to get revenge when people hurt us. So we tear them down with our words. God saying, imagine if God does that to you when you do something wrong. 
that he just tears you down right when you make a mistake right humility though right humility gives grace to the person like no, no matter what wrong they done to you no matter what it's it, it takes a lot of humility right a lot of humility to just put the person first it takes a lot of humility to just put the person first and not what they said to you. It's still the value that person. Are you with me? Humility. I treat you with gentleness and compassion. Humility. I forgive you. So, second relational key. How we doing? We doing good so far? We all right? All right, home stretch now, home stretch. Second relational key, one of my favorites, is to leave your gift at the altar. So when you have a conflict, the first thing you have to do is leave your gift at the altar. It says it in Matthew 5, 24. It says, leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and then come and offer your gift. I love this, right? I'm so convicted by this, this, this verse here, right? Because it proves to us that God values relationships more than anything. Right, he says, he, this proves that God values relationships more than he values spiritual gifts. Yeah. Right, because he says to leave your gift at the altar and go and reconcile. So, he is, so there's a sense of urgency. Yeah. It's what we're talking yeah. about here, right? Because God wants us to have a clear conscience. Right? So he don't want anything to cloud your conscience when, when, when you are serving God, when you are serving him. So he says to go, go, leave, leave your gift at the altar and go reconcile. It's like it's, it's this urgency. No, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Take, take, the, take the day off. Go and reconcile first. Go and reconcile first. Because when you, when you, after you reconcile, you do it right, then you can serve me with a clear conscience. This is how we ruin relationships because we have an unclear conscience, right? We remember all the hurts and the pain of the past, all the words that we carry that, uh, that people spoke over us. We don't have a clear conscience, so we still serve God, but we hurt people because hurt people hurt people. So we must have a clear conscience. Go, go reconcile. Go reconcile. And I know you, may, you, may, you might be saying that, well, pe- the, the person I need to reconcile with is not around. But you can go in your secret place. You can write a letter. Yeah. You can ask God, say, I need to get, get over this thing. I need to reconcile with my brother or my Jesus. sister. There's various ways that you can do that. But you need to do it in order to have a clear conscience. I see people a lot with a lot on their minds, a lot on their hearts, and they can't serve God clearly. They're just distracted. Serve God. 
with a clear conscience. He's saying that's why it's this, this sense of urgency. There's this sense of urgency. You might say, well, well, can I just, can I have a clear conscience? Well, here's what Paul says in Acts 24, 16. I always take pains to have a clear conscience to, toward both God and man. We must serve God with a clear conscience. So why the sense of urgency and un unclear conscience is hindering your relationship with God? Because we're not being obedient to the word. It says to leave your gift at the altar and go and reconcile. Do you know how many people lead with their gifts? And that always gets in the way yeah. of resolving conflict, right? You ever talk to someone and, and they hit you with like 75 scriptures? It's just like, I don't really care how much scripture you know. Are you living it? <laughs> Are you living it? Don't quote me scriptures if you're not walking in it. No, thank you. An unclear conscience means you will have become, you become a stumbling block to another person. That's why you hear people say all the time, I get hurt more in church than any place I go. Why? Why is that? Because as Christians, we just have all this stuff unclear conscience. This, all this stuff just filled up in our minds and in our hearts and we never get rid of it. If we value relationships like God because we can't just say it. We have to act it. We have to live it. We must reconcile. We must handle conflict in a healthy way. We must learn how to do that. And it's not just at church. Your, it's your family as well. Yeah, yeah. We run from, we don't get together with certain family members. Some, some of it I understand why. Don't get me wrong, God has grace. But, but th there are, uh, those are opportunities, right, for you to practice. So we run from it, we avoid it, right? But God, God values even those family. He values them. He loves them. Yeah. We can't save everyone. But, but God will use us in different places, right? Those are opportunities that we have to make a difference in someone's life. Put it to a test. I know you, you're saying there's no way. You, if you understood my family, you're like, no, you would think differently. Well, I'm telling you, I have one of them too. Yeah. And God has used us in a mighty way to handle conflict, to resolve conflict. Right? God will give you wisdom. He will. He loves them. Yeah. He's going to save them. Amen. But it starts with you. Let's not avoid conflict. See, we must have a clear conscience. He says to leave your gift at the altar and go reconcile. That's challenging, right? That's a gut puncher right there. That's not just scripture talk. Like, that's real. Like, we have to live that. 
Like, we, we have to live that. I want this church to live it. I want, I want to see this in this church. I want us to practice this. And it is a challenge. Christians don't like to do that because it's like my spiritual gift. I mean, you know, God gave it to me. But he don't value, he don't value that more than he values people. He's like, who are you? When you get to heaven, he's like, who are you? God, you know what I did? You know how much I sang that song the other day? How many people fell out in the spirit? When I laid hands on so-and-so, they were just healed. I don't know you. You don't value people the way that I do. That's all that matters. It's nice to pray for people they, they are healed. But you value them even before their sickness. Also, the third relational key. Third relational key. You ready? Care fortation. Care frontation instead of confrontation. <laughs> so we need to change our language. Right? When we approach conflict, right? We approach conflict, it's care frontation instead of confrontation. Right? Because when we hear the word confrontation, we're just like, okay, let's go. We start competing. We're like, I'm going to tear this person down, this and that. No, it's care frontation instead of confrontation. See, carefrontation approach eliminates the differences by focusing on the care of, for the relationship before anything else. So it's talking to someone, not at someone. Isn't it frustrating when you talk to people, you feel like they're talking at you and not to you? Like, I don't need an education. When we have a conflict, I don't need an education. Just talk to me. Just talk to me. Just talk to me. Right? So it's talking to the person, not talking at the person. Right? It's you, you affirm the relationships be before you deal with the conflict. So you first affirm, like, I, I love you. Like, I know, it's weird, right? Maybe it's a strange person, and you don't, you've known them for two days, but you got a conflict, you, right? But you just tell them, I, I love you. Yeah. I love you because God does. Like, Jesus loves you, but I'm working on it. <laughs> but I, I, I love you, right? And I value this relationship more than anything. I'm so looking forward to get to know you better. I know we have to talk about something that may be tough for us, but I just want you to know that I value our relationship. I value our relationship. And I just want to be able to reconcile the, our differences right, right now, because that's all it is. Like, we may not see eye to eye on something, but that's the beauty of it, right? We get to understand each other, where, where we're coming from. Right? That's like, that's humility, right? 
That's, that's humility right there, but it's care frontation. Like, I care about you. I care about the relationship more than I care about anything else. Anything else. So in this, you want to avoid blaming. You want to avoid blaming, right? So care frontation more, care frontation instead of confrontation. And it's what the Lord will want from us. I love the Bible because it talks about, I love what the Lord says, we need to be peacemakers, right? Five, Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God, sons, daughters of God, peacemakers. So that means and that when we, in the day that we get to see Jesus, right, he, we call us sons and, and daughters, like, I remember, I know you, I know you, you are the peacemaker. You are the peacemaker. He's not going to make mention of anything about your gifts. You are the peacemaker. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.